Tanel and Jeremy Tanel. Streaming to you recorded from Seattle, Washington. Here. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Plowline Podcast. Today is a very special episode because I have my number one favorite nephew with us today. Uh, We're going to be talking about some really cool stuff. I'm your only nephew. Lucky you're my favorite. I kind of thought so. I wouldn't be surprised. So, um, so... Um, introduce yourself, Hunter. Um, I mean, a formal introduction, I guess. Is that what we're doing? Yeah. Um, so my name is Hunter Cronum. I am the nephew of Jeremy Tanell and the nephew of Jerry E. Balarosa Tanell. Um, is that as much of an introduction you want, or do you want me to keep going? What are your interests? What do you like to do? What I like talking? You know, I don't like talking about myself. I know. I know. <laughs> Why don't you talk about, like, you know, you're, you're a, a struggling artist. Oh, we're going to, oh, so this is now a formal interview. I see. Yeah. Um, yeah. Struggling artist in EDM in the industry. We, yeah. it's fun. It's definitely a hard genre to get into. Um, very cutthroat at the bottom, which is always very surprising, but I don't know. I mean, what, what more do you want to know? Like, you know, talking about myself is not the best thing. Well, I think you've do. got, uh, I think you've got a really great creative, um, you know, creative project that you're working on right now and yes. everything I've heard from it and the rest of the, you know, family and friends have heard, like, it's awesome. So yeah. Um, de- working on an album, first one, um, music has been kind of an interesting subject for me because it started, I got into it right before COVID. I got introduced to like how you make music and I've, since like I was 16, I've always been in the idea of like making music. I just never knew how it was done because growing up in such a small community, you only heard like live bands and stuff like that. You never knew like what, it, how like they did it. Yeah. I remember as a kid, I remember grandma um, getting you, um, getting you a desktop and, mm-hmm. um, and you trying to figure out how to mix music was kind of one of those things that you were playing around with in your room. Yeah, it was hard because I started off like I didn't use like the actual DAWs. Like what I did is I started off on Audacity and just kind of like played with different sounds and so like, oh, wow, you can actually like edit voices and you can do stuff like that. at like I think the age of like 15 or 16. Yeah. And for me, that was like kind of my first introduction to like music and audio and how how much fun audio is understanding like the equipment and being around it's you know it's a very cutthroat industry just like any starving industry is that's just the way it goes but i think it also depends on you know how you are as a person how you react to it because i think it's all reactionary Mm. not um uh, i can't think of the word but um yeah i think it's all based off of your reaction of how you want to how you choose to behave and react yeah how you go about it because you know you can, you're going to get like, you know, I can talk about my first three shows have been a disaster, like, mm-hmm. but that they don't phase me because that's just, that's not the reaction I'm going to give, you know, well, I'm not going to be learning. Yeah. It's, it's all a learning process. You know, I'm not going to get defeated by three 
three bad sets. And I mean, they weren't even bad. It's just nothing has gone, nothing went my way. And that's just the reality of the situation. You can't, you know, not everything's going to go your way when you first start out. Well, I think you, you've always had a tendency to set, uh, you know, you've always had this, uh, this ability to kind of envision what you, um, wanted or expected out of, out of, um, a situation. And when it doesn't meet that, um, you can find it very frustrating. And I think that's, that's, I think one of the keys to having um, personal drive. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's personal drive. And it's how um, for me, like it's not it's more, yes, it is frustrating, but it's also like it's OK because, you know, you have to take into accountability that, you know, it's not going to be this fantastic thing from the start. And that's what a lot of especially around here in Seattle, like, you know, me talking to other uh, EDM artists, most but like mostly DJs. There's a big difference. What am I looking at? Airplane mode. Oh. Sorry, I didn't mean to disturb no, you. I just don't no, wanna, you're fine. I just don't want to um, break the conversation. Airplane mode's on. Um, but um, what, where was I going with that? I forgot what I was going with. Well, I, you know, I think it is personal. You can find it personally frustrating when you don't achieve uh, you know, your goals and, and where you want to go, but sure. it doesn't stop you. No, no, it doesn't stop me, but it, it's, I was talking to my roommate about this. It, it's just, okay, this direction obviously isn't working. Mm. So let's find another direction to put it in. And I, you know, I'd always been more of a producer than a party. And like me and my girlfriend have, you know, we've had a lot of talks about that of like, you know, okay, this direction's obviously not working for me. I need to switch my mentality mm. and switch the way I think because you know, they're, you know, cause the music industry is a very cutthroat industry. I've know I said that like multiple times, but, and people sh- obviously realize that, but it's like, especially in EDM, it's very weird because every genre thinks their genre is better than the other. And that's not the way I think people need to look at it. I think it's just a cohesive, just, it's all cohesive. It all works. T- it all works together, Yeah, but it's, it, there's you know people want to put boxes into it and like i did that when i first started off it's like oh it has to sound like this but it's like one of my close friends said to me you know there's no wrong way to make music mm, that's great there yeah, is there I mean, is no wrong way and that yeah. for me that that like opened my mind of like oh wow okay yeah yeah i might not be as talented on a piano as my roommates or you know or i can't I, you know i don't really play any instruments but i know I know music theory. I know how music theory works and I know, you know, the one, the one, the three and the five go together and I can get into that details, but, um, that's just how I start. That's just, I strive using a DAW than just playing a live instrument. Right. And for me, it's like figuring out, going through the processes of how I want to make my music is very important to me. I don't, you know, like I know, I know an artist, I'm not going to say any names, but you know, they buy, they buy packs. You know, and everything and all their all their MIDI and MIDI is just the instrument that you use and you lay it out onto the DAW. Um, They just buy presets Mm -hmm. and they just plug it in and then adjust it from there. But for me, it's like you're losing 50 percent of your creativity because it's already laid out for you. Right. Where if you like sit and think like what key do I want it in? What tempo? What like I think I think everything goes into an effect of like, okay, I want this certain song to sound this certain way what are what in the beginning can i do to lay that out choosing the tempo choosing 
choosing what sounds you want because sounds are a big thing choosing what key you want it in because you know there's there's only a certain amount of keys like every everything has been created because you can only do so much with music and there's like a vsauce thing that came out years ago that like every every musical every note has been played mm-hmm. to some extent anything has anything to a certain extent but where the creativity comes in is adding on to the same notes because not everything like everything can be played but everything's not going to be played exactly the same way right so that way you're able to be like okay i like like one of my songs is in e flat major so which is a very weird key for me because i've never used a flat major before but um very interesting it because it gives you I don't know. I like the way the flat majors work. I think I might stick to that, but that's just a personal preference. Like, um, I forgot where I was going with this. I kind of well straight I, off topic. I think that uh, one of the things that I've enjoyed, I, I enjoy listening to you be passionate about um, about these things, and and uh, and you clearly have a passion about it. And you've been doing it since you were a kid. And, and for the most part, I, I never even really thought that, that that was a thing. I was like, oh, you know, I mean. It's a- I never, like, I never thought it. Well, I was too nervous to because it was like sports. Right. Always play sports. Yeah, you're, you're always doing sports. You're going to be, you know, try to get into a good college. Try to. Right. But, you and know, you did go down that road, right? You know, like. Um, it was never going to work. You realized that pretty quickly for yourself. Yeah, I realized that. Prob- like, what? I got. I got. I got to play at the community college mm-hmm. for that summer. And I was already just kind of like, no, like, I don't want my life to be like this. This just seems very, very rough. Like, I don't even enjoy, like, I enjoy watching sports, but it's not like I enjoy watching sports. Like, it's not like a pastime for me. Like, okay, yeah, every Sunday I'll turn on the game, but it's like, you know, I'd rather do other stuff with my life. And honestly, like, I, I've, I've watched myself repeatedly get less interested in sports as I've gotten older, just because it's one of those things that I just don't find interesting, but I'm getting in, introduced to like baseball and sorry, I was holding onto the mic um, and you're being introduced to like baseball and going to like a Mariners game, which was really fun. We got to, we got to see how that went. Um, never been to a professional game before. That was the first one I went to. It was me, uh, fr- me, one of my friends and my girlfriend. and Tons me. of fun, isn't it? Oh, it was so much fun. Yeah. Like The energy and just being there. Right? Yeah, and it was just like, wow. It's like everyone's just chill. Yeah. Like it wasn't. Yeah, everybody's just there to have a good time, I watch the game. Yep, it wasn't going to get any. Yeah, I think I think that, uh, you know, and, and that was something that you and I had talked a lot about, you know, when you were younger was, uh, um, you know, you're going you're gonna to graduate high school. You're going to go to college. Um, you know, I mean, there's not a lot of, uh, there's not a lot of opportunity if you don't go to college. And that was my mental model, um, you know, back then. But I think you've kind of showed me that, um, no, I need to find my path and, yeah. um, and, uh, I'm, I'm, um, I'm very proud of, of how you've done that, you know, like yeah. you've. You know, I, and I've very much appreciated that you've allowed me to be a part of that conversation with you and and that uh, um, and that you've made leaps and you've made jumps. And I've tried to, you know, I've tried to give you whatever advice or guidance I can. And I've watched you incorporate that 
and um and make those decisions for yourself and um you know here you are you're 22 and um you know you're adulting yeah no it's it was very weird like right after i graduated high school i just was like i tried out college for what i think like two years two and a half i just i was done with school for me it was like i've always been someone who's like i'm gonna do what i want to do and i'm not gonna let anyone else like affect that and so for me it was like finding out what i wanted to do yeah and and i think college college was the first like was the first step in into finding like music production and audio and all that other stuff because i just i never knew how it was done and then you know i took um took a class on synthesizers which was very interesting very interesting um and and that kind of just kind of paved the way for me and you know everything i've done so far is self-taught besides this i i just graduated from a eight months trade school which is very which has put me at a base platform because now i know how to produce music and i know how like how things should sound how different things should interact with each other and how mixing works how you know mastering works and it's and it was just for me to just be like i'm not going to learn everything i just need to learn a baseline i need to put myself at a at a baseline that's just above average and go from there and yeah. that's what and that's what the school did for me that's all i wanted from it and yeah. you know i had the offer from my from my mentor to take to take his um audio to be you know an engineer for him but i you know i just things didn't work out i just didn't want to i didn't want i don't want to limit myself that's like one of the big things i don't want to do is like ever limit myself and be like oh i'm stuck doing nine to five because i'm this this and this and it's like well right. no like you know, I want to see, I want to push my boundaries, see, see how far I can go for myself successfully and, and just kind of see how that goes and success, you know, you can take success in any way you want, you know, my success is different than from your success, but at the same time, it's all still relevant to success. So. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in January this past year, well, yeah, actually this past January, mm-hmm. um, you know, I drove down to California and, and you and I, um, jumped in a, in a car with a trailer, you know, your car with a U-Haul trailer and, <laughs> yeah. and you left California and, left and it. moved up here, moved in, uh, with, uh, with, um, with a couple of roommates, um, one of which is a musician yeah um whose girlfriend is a musician and you ended up in this situation where you've kind of surrounded yourself with musical people well i surrounded myself around the right people Mm. living in california was wasn't necessarily the happiest i'm very open about talking about it you know suffering from like severe anxiety and severe depression it's one of those things that was like I like I knew I wanted to do music, but I knew it wasn't going to be in California. And I don't know if I can ever go back to California just because it it's California. Like right. I'm not really into, you know, I've seen the entire state, you know, lived there since I was basically 20, 21, you know, 22 now. Mm-hmm. But moving up here has been a very eye-opening experience, you know, meeting you know, meeting both of my roommates. One just moved to LA to pursue a career in acting and he's I think he's killing. I think he's. I know he has stuff coming out soon, That's but cool. he hasn't said anything about it yet. Um, he comes up in December, so we're you know get a touch base with him. But my good friend, also my roommate, you know, he's taught classically, mm-hmm. fully classical, and music theory, piano, guitar, saxophone, um, and play. He just got like a four string bass mm. that's 
pretty pretty sick like i'm like geez man and like he just has a bunch of instruments in his room and it's yeah i remember awesome when i went to go look at that place for you um he he was the one that that um answered the door and gave me the tour and you know i was like oh my gosh the place is clean and and uh <laughs> they, you know they cleaned it for you yeah i'm sure they, they were did. desperate yeah. yeah and they uh we went into um you know um he was showing me everybody's room and i was like oh you got a keyboard you know and i was like uh, you know and he's like yeah you know i'm a musician and and uh and then he's showing me all of the instruments that he had stuffed in yeah. his closet yeah it's like stuffed in his closet and i'm like geez man and then i just now moved in with his brother mm-hmm. who wants to do all audio wants to be an audio engineer yeah and so his brother stuck to me like like glue because him and me kind of share the same sphere where my other roommate doesn't really like share this like he understands how like it works because he he used to be in bands and stuff like that but he never um fully like got into it he likes playing just kind of live so it it helps me a lot because i don't play any live instruments where i could be like hey man i need a guitar strum and i don't want to use a priest i don't want to use a sample or a preset because you know i believe in authentic authenticity and being able because presets limit you right but you know like that's not a bad thing i'm not saying like don't use presets because preset like i i use presets in 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 certain ways to bring out what i need but it's it's only in certain instruments and certain sounds that i really use it i don't use it for like my melodies or anything like that just because i don't think that's authentic but i feel like presets in general can be can be authentic because you want it to sound as much as you can. And there's the dog. I feel like that was going to happen. That happens. After, it's okay. Yeah, no, it's fine. Um, yeah, no, but it was just, just meeting them, like, also really helped me, like, kind of grow and become, become the person I am, like, at 22. Like, it's kind of funny because my girlfriend goes to the University of um, Washington. Mm-hmm. She's studying, um, oh, my God, I just forgot it. it um, engineering, right? Yeah, she's an engineer civil major. Engineer. She, yeah, she's a civil engineer. And she's like, you're like nothing like a 22-year-old, which I know boosts my ego a little bit, but I don't, I'm just like, okay. Like, because it's just who I am. Like, I've just, I've always had to grow up fast. Like, that's just kind of the person, person I've been having to grow up fast, having to, you know, do stuff like that. It, for me, it was just like, I just don't, I'd rather just focus on my career than just party at a college and yeah. get a business degree yeah nothing wrong with like i'm not saying like no, for some people that works exactly right? for some people and like that's just who they are as people right like you know like there's no wrong way to live life yeah i mean there is but i mean that's that's one of those things that's like that can be you know contradicted and discussed yeah well i mean you know you and i have actually talked about that i mean you know as far as uh oh hold on delivery guy really doesn't like delivery guys i don't know why i don't either i mean would she know it's me i dressed up as the delivery guy she barks every time you come through the door she she's you know she's a belgian melamois so she's got you know she's automatically got um uh you know the the instincts to kind of like this is my domain this is my pack um and it's when she smells you or sees you usually when she sees you that she's like, oh, okay, you're you're my pack too, right? You yeah, know, like right out of the gate. Yeah, us or, as a family are yeah. all part of her pack, but yeah. but um, you know, but 
but coming in and out of the of the house right and the yard is mm-hmm. you know she is she's a big fan of i mean i'm gonna cut this all out anyways but no um, I, no i'd keep this part in okay i'd get rid of the barking yeah i'd get rid of the barking i mean this part's not gonna have to get cut out too now that yeah. we're talking about it but um she just loves my girlfriend she does she loves your girlfriend it's very like it was very weird because like when we went for a walk i'd use the bathroom and so i was like oh hey and she just stood right next to her so yeah. she was pulling me she just sat right next to her and was just content and i was like all right i fine. think sophie has a calming presence very much my girlfriend's name is sophie so yeah. you know yeah. i'm not really worried about that but um she, she no she really does it's, yeah yeah, I think I I sense that about her in the few times that we've had a chance to interact and watching Danny with her, you know, like she really seems to kind of calm Danny. You know, you're right. Danny just kind of sits right next to her. Danny just yeah, just chills. And I think that's you know, people just have that. Like she's always been good with dogs. Like she like there's she was telling me like um, back home she um, there's a dog that's just mean to everybody but her. Mm-hmm and and like we'll bark we'll do this but the minute she uh the dog sees her it's just a flip like a switch flips and chill mm, that's cool yeah that's it's cool. very nice but um what were we talking about before the dog started i don't know we'll just roll with it yeah that's fine i was because i was enjoying the conversation i want to go back to it but i just forget that's okay it's all right yeah we yeah, can roll we can you know roll i think we kind of talked out we kind of talked out music. Yeah, we pretty much did. You know, that's kind of the first thing that got talked we, we out could, of. Yeah, um, I think uh, I think that um, the other thing we had a tendency to talk a lot about is um, um, your desire to uh, that the world um, you can't wait for the world to go back to normal. And um, and what is it I say to you every time you say that? You say there is never going to be the same normal, but I don't always agree with that to a certain extent because I feel like normalcy. When people say normal, it's it's whatever they jive out normal to be. Right, and and that's the thing, right? Is that people are desperately trying to carve out normal out of this situation and circumstance. Yeah, like I was talking to my, you know, I was talking to my roommate last night, and he was like, "We, my, my generation has." experienced three economic crisis yeah in our lifetime yeah. once it's supposed to be one every hundred years or something like that mm. i mean and but i mean we lived the 2001 2008 mm-hmm. covid yeah you, you've lived through more than that um so so w- there's an economic idea and it's kind of a 20th century idea now um, that, uh, you know, a recession happens roughly every eight to 12 years. And, um, you know, it's just the natural flow of the economy. Yeah. But there is no natural flow of the economy no. because the economy is manipulated by um, interest rates, which are controlled by the fret, uh, the Fed. Um, it's manipulated by the amount of cash that's being printed and put yeah. into the economy. Um, kind of. No, totally. And well, the readily available availability of that cash to um, small business owners and individuals. Right. With, with the cash flow, though, um, my roommate showed me something very interesting. It was a TikTok, and it was like, 
why can't we just print more money because of interest rates? Well, it's like, oh, because, you know, things are going to go up in this, that, but like, um, what the economic, what the guy said economically is like, you can print more money. It's just think of it like a drawbridge. Think of it like as you print more money, okay, taxes will go up, inflation will go up, and then once you get more money in there, inflation will go back down, come back up. Like you, it, it it's very rough of how I'm I'm explaining it. Like I I don't remember fully of how to explain it. That idea works. That idea works um, when you pull the money back out of the economy. It doesn't. Yeah, like hold, like hold like on, like, like you stop let, printing. Let, yeah. So so let me let me let me go back to to what we were talking about, and then and then I'll and then sorry, I'll, went off topic. no 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 that's fine. It's on topic. There's no topic. Um, your generation. So you were born in 1998. Nine, nine, and um, you, you know, so you were born on the cusp of the new millennium. Yeah, life prior to the year 2000 was very different from the year 2000 on. I don't know. All I know is 2000 and all. I, I know, I know, and that's because that's your generation. Um, but you know, for my generation, we end up being this bridge generation between. At this point, I have lived as long in the new millennium as i did um you know in the pre-millennium and um and uh and life was different you know um obviously there were some there were some big things um internet uh 24-hour news cycle mobile phones smartphones so on and so forth but in all of that um, the cycles of economies and and all that were were weren't necessarily predictable, but uh, but at the same time they weren't volatile. Starting with the year two thousand and the Y two K crisis, and the Y two K crisis was the fact that when um, when we decided to make our our world um, you know uh, computer based and digital, they the clocks that they were writing the programs were. Um, uh, based off of um, stopped at the year 2000 yeah, and reset exactly. back to 1900. Exactly. Oh, well, that's what they thought. And I, I, I no, no, they I, did. And, and oh, really? Oh, we had to go through a massive um, reprogramming process in order to um, in order to rewrite all that all that program. That is so funny. And like, we literally thought um, on New Year's Eve 1999. You know, we we were literally like we're gonna party. You know. Like it's 1999 because tomorrow might not come. And you know what? It came. We fixed it. But that crisis was a real thing. Like it was, it wasn't, it was, you know, nobody was freaking out like 9-11, but, yeah. but, but it was, it was a real thing. There was an existential like, idea okay, that society might, could might, crumble. Yeah, it might send us back. And it became the first real um, societal um, harbinger that uh that 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 we experienced right it was the first thing that was kind of like society could crumble here and then and then it went away and the year 2000 hit and everything was cool for a little while and then two planes crashed into you know into yeah, the towers 9/11. and then the pentagon and then you know so 9-11 happens we go into two illegal wars um we uh those wars last for 20 years in the cusp of that we also had um uh, a housing bubble, a housing uh, crisis, which almost crashed. Uh, well, it di- it would have crashed the economy if we wouldn't bail out the banks. But bailing out those banks didn't help us either because all we did was we reinforced the processes that were corrupt in creating the problem. And then after that, we you know we we came out of that and and uh, you know that recession dragged on forever. 
Um, and then, you know, all the political turmoil that we've dealt with post um, post Obama and the first black president, um, which is which is the back and forth that we're kind of seeing now. Yeah, well, well, here's the thing with that. Um, what you talk about after Barack Obama got out of office, uh-huh. um, the Republicans read the room. They 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 kind of did, and I'm not, I'm not I'm not justifying like like Trump. I'm not saying pro Trump. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not anything like that. Well, let, let's let, let let's be clear. Yeah. The Republicans did not read the room. Well, they read the Trump room. Trump read this, the room. Well, he, they, Trump read the room. That wasn't the Republicans. The Republicans put up what 12, 15 candidates in uh, to try and beat Trump, and one by one they fell. That wasn't the Republicans. The GOP wanted nothing to do with Trump. But, but Trump became the inevitable, the inevitable candidate. He became the one to beat, and and they put him up against Hillary, and um and Hillary was you know the Hillary and and Hillary the people wasn't going to win that. I could have told you that, but but uh but you know the rest of them. All, all, although I, I'll tell you, even back then I was like, there's no way this Trump guy's going to win. Well, no, I here's the thing, I. The way the way it was talked in like the small towns I grew up in, like I'm so I'm never very Republican or Democrat. I'm very neutral in my in my beliefs. But for me, it's like hearing for them. It was like he's different. He's not like every other president. But I'm like it's because he talked like them. Exactly. He talked like them. You know, and and that whole thing about locker room talk. We all knew what he was talking about. Yes. And and there's the there's a difference, right? You yes. know, there there are the people that in the in the locker room, um, you know, when when things are being discussed that are just not appropriate, will say, "Hey, that's not appropriate." Yeah. But what is that? Like one out of fifty people? Sure. Yeah. You yeah. know, so so the rest of them will just either go along with it or or engage in that kind of conversation. Exactly. And that's just a euphemism for you know for culture. The reason why Trump was elected and the reason why he is. He is the icon that he is today is because in many respects, he is the man of the people, which 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 means that the man of the people is a corrupt business person who has bankrupt more small businesses um, than he's helped, who has lied, cheated um, uh, on his taxes, on his business, um, with his wives, um, who uh, who is, you know, has a moral compass that points to a sewer pit. So that's the man of the people. Okay. Okay, then you get the president you want. Yes. And and I'm not saying and 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 I'm not saying that he doesn't resonate with people. I think he does resonate with a huge bunch of people. Well, he targeted the right. He he targeted the I think it was a little bit of like he targeted that community for because because yeah. that community felt like they couldn't speak up because of what the Democrats have been have been doing with cancel culture and that you can only yeah, think they, a certain way. Then you got like, the other. Then you got yeah, the other side, exactly. right? You got progressives running amok. Who, you, you know, know who, pink-haired people who, trying to who are do trying all this stuff. to to control the conversation. Um, who are when they don't are, even know how the conversation's supposed to even start. Well, there is no supposed to. The conversation's a conversation. Well, it's, it's a conversation, but, the, but they believe that it has to go in a certain direction. Well, it can only right. go and that direction that is way. that direction is um, it goes to our to the outcome we want, or the conversation doesn't happen. And exactly. in order for us to come to the um, outcome that we want, these voices are not allowed at the table. Exactly, these voices are, and so you get. That's why you're seeing this giant political kind of back and forth because you have the two extremists right 
the two biggest idiots well, in, in the room I, I arguing each other. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say idiots, and the reason why I wouldn't say idiots is because that's the same okay. line as deplorables. Right? Sure. And what you're really talking about is you're talking about a huge segment of America that's represented in in some form of these two groups. Now, Andrew Yang is Yang's trying to start uh, the third a new the third party because he believes that there's a silent majority and that silent majority is somewhere in the middle. I I empathize with that to I, a large I, degree. I really like Yang because like sitting in the middle, it's like, OK, so. I, I don't know that I would wait, vote for Yang, but I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I'd vote for Yang either, but I but I like the party idea right. and I like the third party because our we can't run on this two party system. Like you see how much it's crumbling. Like a third party is going to fi- like if there's going to be a third party, it's going to be in the next five years. Like like we're going to yeah. we are going to see that push for a third party. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's not like we've had nothing but Republicans and Democrats since the since the beginning of time because we haven't. No, exactly. Uh, we have for the most part had two strong parties, but I don't know that we've ever had the binary system that we have now. And that binary system is fully and supported fully and supported yeah. by the people shaming individuals who would even consider a, a, a third party you're just giving your vote to the other side well then that's not true well it is it, it isn't it, true it, you're right it's, it's not it's, true it's not it, it's true to a certain extent but it's not it's true it's from a true. certain point of view yeah exactly but the problem is is that a binary system a binary political system can be manipulated um, by by those that are higher in uh, you know farther up in the hierarchy mm-hmm. because it's it's not tough all you got to do is push one side and the other side freaks push the other side and that side freaks yeah it's 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 easy to control it's easy the, to control with yeah and going back to that when I said the term idiots I was I wasn't saying like they're idiots but it's like they're so ex- like the extremist they're ingrained in a paradigm exactly well they're ingrained in a box they think this is the only way the world should work. And that, to me, is the concept of of an idiot because th- that's not how the world works. Because if you put it into a box, and I, I you know, well, I, I don't know if I'm correct either. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm right. correct. There's, this is just how I. It's this pre- is how you I get view into it. a pretty tough spot when you start when you start saying, "Well, this is how the world works." Exactly, but but the, but that's what you see with these extremists, though. You see, like, you know, our, our, you know, this is how America's supposed to be. This is how America's supposed to be. That's not the whole case with America. Like America, right. uh, like the idea of America was supposed to be a new country, its own thing. But it's be, it's been so ingrained, you know, coming from both sides. Because I grew up in a small town, I know what it's. I know what extreme republicanism conservatism looks like and going to you know going to a very liberal college like i've seen both sides i've swung both ways before yeah and seeing that for me it's like i don't like getting into it because a lot of my roommates don't understand the paradigm because most of my like like my roommates are like oh i'm middle but they all lean left because it's washington where i've where i i'm not seattle or seattle i I haven't been the the other side i haven't been i've been to spokane a couple times but i haven't been the east side of the state is is uh very blue yeah and so very you know they've always grown to seattle so they are going to be a little more um liberal and for me it was like I'm actually neutral because I see bo- how both parties think and both how both parties want to react, and it, it's just it. I'm not interested. It it's something to where I don't, I don't agree with. Like I agree with. Like I guess I lean a little more left, but I don't, I don't 
there's both sides aren't aren't doing it for me pretty yeah. much yeah neither side is doing it for me either i i think the i am i would not consider myself i would not call myself um centrist or middle I'm because i think it i think it really comes down to the individual issue right like sure. um you know like uh, economic policy i think we should have let the banks fail back in 2008 you know that's a conservative idea we should have let those banks fail and you know what it would have sucked but you know what it sucked anyways so um you know we should have let them fail gun control um or, or gun rights i believe in the second amendment i believe uh, i know? believe in the second amendment to a certain extent i don't believe like i believe you have the right to to bear arms but i don't think you need like I don't cabinets I, and you, million dollars you, you can have whatever of, you want with of ammo i don't think it matters i i, I don't I, think I, it matters i think the difference is is that is that you you you're a red you're a registered gun owner who who legally owns your weapons yeah i um you know but i also um, believe you should take a mental health i think if you're gonna own a gun you need to make sure you're at the mental capacity to absolutely. handle a gun so you know focus more on mental health and like okay you have to take a screening every year no, no i mean nobody's maybe, gonna do that well maybe not a screening uh, and, or and, but, but i i do think though or some that, sort of mental health process to be like hey you are still fit to handle to handle a firearm i think what you do is you is you is you remove the stigma around firearms you um it's oh, very hard well what you do is you you teach you teach gun safety in school you know, like everybody, yeah. everybody touches a firearm. I mean, you know, that's what Switzerland because, does. That's yeah. what, you know, that's what um, um, because uh, the stigma we have Israel here. does. Oh, sorry. So we have this stigma. However, on the other side, um, you know, I believe in universal health care. I, I, I think it's crazy. It's it's it, crazy. It, I have to start paying for my health that your health care <laughs> is attached to your job. It that is crazy. And and the reason why it's crazy is because if your job goes away, your health care goes away. If your job is causing the health problem, um, which is a very much a reality because we live in a society that is fairly toxic, um, you know, then that's a problem. I believe that uh, I believe that that we need to be having conversations about uh, about racial equity. Yes, um, because absolutely. to ignore the fact that this country was founded on race, it's at its foundations. We the people refers to a very specific group of people. So Elite white people. Why are we not talking? White, we, mostly we might white male people. White, white straight male. Why are we not talking about? Uh, you know, what? Why is this? And I understand why, but but this conversation needs to happen. So. My point is, is that, is that I'm, you know, like I am, um, I, I'm a mix. I'm a, you know, and I think a lot of people are a mix. I think, yeah. I think people that vote party line and, you know, get on a ballot and just, um, and just, you know, if it's got a D next to its name, they, they, they type, write that in, you know, they, they mark that. That's nuts. Very That's crazy. So. I think people who, who turn, political figures into some sort of icon icon is nuts i like yeah. from bernie sanders to to hillary clinton to donald trump they've all got followers to oac they've all got followers why what why they are people that you have hired to do a job they're not and celebrities. they're failing and they're not celebrities like they you you hired them to run this country and they're not running the country correctly 
Yeah. I just, I just think a lot of it, you know, AOC is its own, own thing. I'm not a big AOC fan. Um, I'm not a fan neither, of any of them. Yeah. For, but for like my generation, um, me, me and Sophie have talked a lot about this. Like she, she does not like AOC whatsoever. And she's, and she's very liberal. Like, yeah, I don't have an opinion on AOC. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, it, because, and the reason why I don't have an opinion on AOC is because I'm not a, you know, I'm, I'm not going to fall into, into to, this to cycle of, of fanboy or, you know, or, or hater. Like, um, exactly. I'm sure as a politician, she, she, she brings up some great points. I've heard some very interesting things from I her. Too. I've also heard some batshit crazy stuff. You know, whenever I vote for somebody, whether that's a president or a local council person, I vote for them and that's it. That's about where my, my likableness stops yeah. because I'm, I, I am not. Cause they're an official. They're an official. They yeah. have a job to do. You, well, you bring up a good point too, because like, I, I, I kind of see what you're talking about. It's like, oh, I don't like AOC because of, of the way she's kind of she the way she kind of handles herself i feel like she's more good mm-hmm. i feel like she's more um i think she does a lot of stuff for just political press i feel like yeah. i feel like a lot of it is more of just look at me look at me and not really do anything behind but then again i don't also fall i don't fall her like that like well, like but I also do that. What I'm getting, I also at, think Bernie does that. I think Trump has done that. I think, I think it's it's kind of the way the political atmosphere has been built since 2016. Right. Well, longer than that. Well, well, longer you it really came out in 2016. It came out since social media became became a thing. I mean, it, it's always been there. People have always kind of but, gravitated, but it didn't come to the figures. But it didn't come to the forefront until 2016. No, Obama. Um, well, the, I was too Obama, young. I was too I young you for were, Obama. Right. So it didn't come out when when you you just noticed it. Yeah. Uh, you know, Obama poured more money into into social media than any candidate prior to him. In fact, he spent more money on his candidacy before any 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 candidate prior to him. Really? Oh yeah. Oh wow. And um and. And so the conversation that you just had, right? Like, I don't really like blah, blah, blah because of this, this, this. Who who cares? Exactly. It shouldn't be like who that. Who cares? Like, I don't, it, you know, and, and that's one of the things about Twitter, right? And and, and I'm, I'm on it too much. You know, like, really? who, who cares about your fandom or your dislike of a candidate? You are literally playing into the paradigm that is causing separation because you're aligning yourself with something that does not matter. What matters is, is are they doing the job correctly? And they're not. Yes. And, and, and they're not doing the job because, uh, and we're not talking about them doing the job. We're talking about how much we like them or don't like them. Who cares? We need to be talking about, um, you know, so we're spending all of our time on this thing. We need to be talking about how they're not doing the job. And things have gotten progressively worse. So you, you know, we talked, we talked a little bit ago about all these things that your generation has lived through. Well, right now, in this moment, with record resignations and a pandemic that is, um, that is, um, raging through this country, um, most certainly 
um, through the fear uh, body of this country mm-hmm. than through the reality of the death toll. Um, you know, the, uh, people are done. They are fed up. And they're fed up along their lines of opinion and like or mm-hmm. dislike. No, absolutely. Which means that they're going to make a reactionary decision based off of the emotions that they feel, based off of the perceptions they've cultivated in the silos in which they decided to exist through their social media and 24-hour news cycle that is probably not grounded in reality. It's, no, uh, yeah. Like, I don't, I don't watch the news. I watch... Um, Watch little snippets on Snapchat. I I try to be. For me, it's like I try to be as I try to find the most unopinion unopinionated news source. But the issue is, it's all going to be opinionated to a certain extent, to either left or right. Always, always. There's never going to be a true middle ground news network. Never. Um. Because bias and prejudice isn't everything human beings do. No, exactly. But you did bring up a good. A good, a good, um, earlier about like how, like the silent majority of just people in the middle are, well, that, are the ones not an, talking. That's Andrew Yang's idea. Exactly. I don't but know I if mean, that's true. I mean, I don't know if it's true either, but I mean, I, you know, I have Republican, I have very conservative friends and I have very, um, liberal friends at the same time. So it's, it's always very, <laughs> it's weird in the conversations I get into sometimes because, it, it for me it's like i don't honestly believe with you but i can't say that because i'm going to be identified as a democrat and there's stuff that um some of my liberal friends say that are like i don't i do not agree with that whatsoever but they're going to think i'm just this conservative just this conservative dude and it's like well that's not the case because i'm middle. because we ca- automatically want to put people in these political boxes exactly and that's and then like for me it's like that's why i'm so centric and like I always have to be like, well, I don't know. Like, I don't really like I have to show like I don't care or otherwise it's going to come off as like, oh, you're this or you're that. But it. Yeah. But I mean, I would not be surprised if the third I want that third party to really like take off because that's something I would absolutely like follow suit for. And I wouldn't. And I mean, here's the thing. How much longer until like there's going to be an actual news source that gives you non-political bias news oh i i know that answer never never i mean i i do follow this news this news company called jerry news it's on instagram um they're very centric like it's kind of like they just tell you what's happening it's it's not but it's they tell you what's happening at a very third person like perspective so it takes so they do take out the politicalness of it because that's the way because they hire writers like that like they they um they hire writers that are very like that want to be in the political atmosphere but they said the way you have to write our articles has to be non-bias well there's no way to write an article non-bias well non-bias to a certain extent and does you know and 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 this is the reason why i've told you your entire life that um you know to read um and read anything and everything um and the reason why is because you cannot get there's no such thing news is garbage 
I mean, I mean, it, it, it informs you. It, um, you know, I listen. Certainly, I, 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 I read. Um, I don't watch any of the Seattle news. Yeah, well, I mean, you don't have I, a TV, uh, you know. So yeah, I don't watch news TV. is going to um, inform you about what's going on within the lens of whatever bias um, they have. Mm-hmm. But if you understand history. If you understand um, um, social dynamics, if you understand um, systems, if you understand critical thinking, if you understand if you understand these things, which you learn these things by reading, um, and it takes time. You know, I mean, I'm 49 years old. I'm going on 50. It takes time, um, and and I've, I've I've got a lot more reading to do. Um, you have an ability to be able to pull yourself back. Certainly, this stuff can inform you. Uh, but as long as you're not gra- you're being pulled into the gravity wells of opinion, which I've got opinions, of course, but you know, the, the, you know, but if, but I'm constantly questioning, I'm constantly saying to my, in yes. fact, the questions are more important than the answers and the pursuit of answers are what puts you into these gravity wells that anchor you to, um, ideals that are not grounded in reality. And the reason they're not grounded in reality is because reality is completely subjective by 8 billion people yeah. who are all having a different experience. Exactly. And like, that's, that's kind of something I'm now getting into is like, no one, no one can think exactly the same way I think. Right. Because everyone else is going to have a different experience than me. And I don't want to go about this. Um, it puts you, it puts people, I just had a conversation with about this and I'm trying to remember exactly how it went. It was basically like the reason kind of things get pop, like, like the reason we are putting things into boxes and, and politically and doing stuff like this is because uh, there's a lot of stuff that leans into you know, my point of view, like, okay, like you and me have the same common idea of like how, how politics work nowadays, you know, we're going to lean into that a little bit together. Like, it's kind of like, there's stuff, there's a lot of like, like similarities, but not a lot in common. Or there is a lot of common, not a much, like no, kind of something I think like you, that. I think, I think that idea kind of, that captures it. There's a lot of similarities, but not necessarily a lot in common. That Exactly. That captures it. Okay. Okay. I, I, I'm so when I'm watching, that. when I'm watching, uh, and this is part of the problem, right? And this is what, what the tools of social media and, and um, cable news networks have a tendency to do. When I'm watching these things, when I'm getting little snippets off of uh, TikTok or something like that, I'm gravitating towards the ones that have similarity to the perspectives I've already cultivated. Exactly. And then the algorithm kicks in. Mm-hmm. And now the algorithm is sending you stuff. Once the algorithm gets you, right. watch out. Right. Facebook's now going meta. Don't touch the mic. Don't what? I t- touch here. You're moving around too much. Am I? Yeah. I do apologize. I do not mean to move around too much. I'm not used to having a microphone in my face. No, no. This is Ever. Good. This yeah. is like one of the first times I'm actually like speaking over over a podcast because I do not like talking in front of people. You're doing fine. I, this is a great conversation. I'm but glad. the the idea there is that 
um, is that it's a reinforcing loop, right? It's a herm. It's called a hermeneutic loop. Yeah, we know we've had. Yeah, and um, and so um, and so the loop starts with I, the observer, um, looking out onto the world, mm-hmm. and um, the ego has formed um, all these ideas, perspectives, paradigms. You know, based off of my experience, based off of the trauma, based off of the positive feedback, whatever, yeah. right? And uh, and then I start, you know, and then we start giving our kids um, screens at early ages, and now the feedback is being informed by that. Mm-hmm. So you know, which is why when your generation was young, Snapchat was such a big deal, but it was also a very dangerous, dangerous deal. Right? Like like a lot of my generation started sending inappropriate pictures to each other. Right. It was very, uh, you know, because you were now caught at this sense of freedom. Like if, if I ever have children, I'm not giving them screens until like 13 years old. I think it would be a good idea for your generation to really limit screen use. Um, so, so then I, uh, as the observer, um, which by the way, the observer is behind ego. There is a, there is a, there is an, an, I am that exists, uh, that is eternal, that, um, that, um, sits behind and often is silenced by what's in front of it, which is this egoic presence, which is not eternal. It dies when my body dies. Yes. And it's a construct and it's a construct that has been built based off of indoctrination and experience and all these things. And now it's being informed. So now there's a loop. It's now being informed by what I'm seeing on this screen. And as um, and as it's being informed by what I see on this screen, uh, the there's a there's a there's a mind, if you mm-hmm. will, on the other side, i.e., the algorithm that is watching me, and it is saying it, it is watches saying, your oh, ego. This is, it does it watches it would, your ego. That's that's what the algorithm is designed to do. It's that's designed what it's to designed watch your to ego. do, and it it's, and starts yeah. feeding it exactly. And the problem is there's two things that we as a human this isn't just your generation this is all of us we as humans must if we're going to evolve the first thing we must do is we must realize and hear the um we must we must and this is what meditation comes in we must hear the self that is um that is um that is at the within the well within me Yes. Right. It is the light within me Mm -hmm. and it does have a voice. And in order to do that, we must learn to silence the ego or or at least um, not necessarily silence it, but at least be able to not let it be the it doesn't do anything, not let it be the um, the overwhelming presence that it is. The second thing we need to do is um, is we have to um, once we have have learned to hear it. You know, we we have to um, we have to begin to realize that we are not the I am that I am right. is not ego. We have to realize that you. Yeah. You and we have not. to begin dismantling that ego, dying to self constantly. Yeah. You it's. If you put your ego in front of you, you don't get anything in life. Well, that's do not we, true. Do we have a time limit? Uh, no, we don't have a time limit, but we have to take a break. Um, so we're going to take a break and yes. we're going to come right back. Let's take a break. Here's uh, if Hunter will let us. Um, and I know what he's going to say. But uh, during the break, um, we'll uh, um, if Hunter will let us, we'll listen to one of Hunter's um, songs. No. And then we'll come back um, to the second half of the podcast. No, it's not happening yet. Um, going back to the music front, um, something about this for me, it's like I've spent 
three, 19, 20, 21, almost three years doing music, but I, I, it's, I'm close to releasing stuff. Um, but for me, it's like when I want to release stuff, I want to release stuff that is legitimized. It's legit. It's not this SoundCloud BS that you hear of some kid making it on GarageBand. Like I have spent a lot of time studying and, and, and just learning how to, how to do it. And eventually I'll be fine with it. I just don't know how much your, um, your followers would like to hear a bunch of EDM music. Well, a lot of them are your age. Oh, that's very, really. So um, I want to listen to it when, when you're ready. Um, okay. I've heard some stuff. It's great. So we're going to take a break, and you're going to listen to one of my garage band's sweet songs called Sweet Summer Nights. Thank you. Here we go. Bye. 
Hey everybody, welcome back, and I hope you enjoyed that amazing riff that I put together. Probably. Sweet Summer Nights. Sweet Summer Nights. I don't think I've even heard it. I don't think you have. Um, so you can hear it when you listen to this podcast, because yeah. it's sweet. Is it? I probably, won't, I probably will listen to like the first 15 minutes of this podcast and be like, oh. That's unfortunate, because I think you've got some interesting things to say. Uh. Like... Um, your statement before the break, leaning into your ego can limit you in life. Give me your thoughts on that. I think it just limits your, your perspective of reality. I think it, it makes you feel like this is the only way you can go, Mm -hmm. which is what a lot of, like a lot of DJC too, like, um, someone I'm not really close to anymore, um, kind of thought that way. He was like. I've studied all of these different artists. I know how I know how all of them got successful and it's like that's that's cool. Like congratulations, you know, basic trivia, but I mean how how does that apply to you? Yeah. Like how does cuz cuz that's that's your ego, right? Like right. you're like you're putting yourself in someone else's space. Yeah. Yeah, metaphorically. I, I, yeah. At least yeah, I, I agree with you in that respect that um, it can it limits your ability to um, to see life beyond um, beyond these super basic boundaries that we all seem to want to adhere to um, where it doesn't limit you, unfortunately, is in the world, because, you know, the world is made up of, uh, you know, of a collective construct of egos. So there's a collective ego. Right. That is humanity, yeah. and those egos all have a value system. So, and they're a hermeneutic loop mm-hmm. being fed um, ideas, yeah. And um, and so, um, an extraordinarily selfish, um, you know, uh, like Wolf of Wall Street kind of guy, yeah, can be extraordinarily successful. But that's all ego. It's it's yeah, that's your ego running, and you see, you see a lot of ego in the music industry too, like people who are. Who are um not I wouldn't say like I'm better than you, but the underlining tone of that. Like my like when I first moved in, I felt that with my roommate a little bit, just because, you know, artists are people, you know, that's their ego. But if you can strip your ego away and and I was gonna say about something um, about that, but I'm gonna finish my thought real quick. Um, you know, if you strip your ego away from from that, you you all of a sudden you become a better musician. Because mm. now you don't have, or, or a better artist or a better writer. Because if you're reading someone else, like, like one thing I got caught up with when I first started was I, um, I wanted to put myself in people's shoes. Mm. You know, like one of my biggest icons is Avicii, R.I.P. Um, I tried to put myself in his shoes and be like, how did he get successful? His success was his success. It's not my success. My success is totally different than his success. So why am I trying to put myself in this person's shoes? Yeah. Because I'm not going to make, like, I'm not going to make the same exact music he makes. Right. Like, you can't. That's At, at that's the same plagiarism. time, there are lessons, right, in, in being able to observe that, but not to fall into their story. No, exactly. Because if you fall in, like, don't fall into someone else's story, write your own story. Mm-hmm. And that's like, yeah, that's said a lot, but I feel like the meaning of it has been kind of lost with my generation a yeah. little bit yeah of like what is your story and like 
going that forth but um a lot of these thoughts and and the way i think now it has been since i've moved up here like i have grown you know musically i've grown i feel like a lot based off of where i first started because when i when i first started it was just like figuring out how to make like i just copied people on youtube and I was just like, that's that's how they do it. Because I thought that was the way you had to do it. Got to learn from somewhere. Got to learn from somewhere. Um, I'm a very visual learner. So, like, that's how I just picked everything up very fast. Because I just watched nothing but YouTube. Um, but when I but when I moved up here and, surprisingly, started smoking weed, I I did a lot of, like, self-exploration in, in that construct of, like, am I limiting myself? You know? Am, yeah. I, am I putting a limit on on that because yeah. i feel like some of the some of the most successful people in life are the people who don't limit themselves yeah and i've i've just now gone into that mindset of like it is what it is like mm-hmm. yeah i do have limitations but everyone has a limitation to some point not everyone is you know just because i can't play an instrument doesn't mean i don't know how to how to build a, build a chord progression or build a melody like right. i can now do that i just can't do it i just don't I just point, drag, and click. I don't play it, but I understand what I'm putting in, though, because I know I think ahead. Yeah. Um, in that aspects and being able to do that self exploration for me was most important just in life. Like that's how I've kind of gotten over like my anxiety and my depression because I can. I was able to now kind of like figure myself out. Mm-hmm. You know, growing up in California, growing up in you know. A household of not it wasn't a bad household but there were its times and there were its limitations like you know i'm not going to go into all the details but you know growing up that way and then moving directly into a family member's household where they're directly on top of you trying you know they want to see you success the boomers basically they want to see you only go to college they're, they'll help pay for your college because when i dropped out of college oh my god god that was a (laughs) that was a shit show but um yeah it 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 was just one of those things like i finally have been able to be like who who am i right because not a lot of kids my age necessarily do that and i'm not saying no way i'm saying like oh like i'm better than you because i found myself it's like that's just how my life ended up like that's just how i've ended up that's the process for everybody yeah it's a process yeah process and some people never do well and and you also are in a constant cycle of finding yourself and losing yourself and finding yourself and losing yourself and find you know that that's that's uh that that's what it means to pick yourself back up i do think that there's there's definitely something to the idea of um of uh marijuana playing a role in this evolution of self right if you use it correctly yes i i was very fortunate with that because of how i talked with my roommates and um the room i live now you know to be more specific excuse me um because he he's just a hippie like total hippie super cool guy grew up in the church kind of left the church came back to it um the way he thinks and he's younger than me he's he just turned 20 so i'm two years older than him technically um 
but the way he he kind of processed life is was very similar to how i i i've processed life Mm -hmm. but it was just that he kind of figured it out a little more than i did until and so i've kind of taken the way he thinks and like has and that has really helped me kind of become the person i am because it's like because i've always thought the same way he thinks it's just like i finally found someone who who thinks identical to me right so well not identical but but not identical but similar exactly like think similar and just like how how your thought processes work and and just that aspect excuse me and you two are also at an age you know where these conversations that you're having probably after smoking a J. Um, Absolutely. Right. You're developing each other's idea of what it is to be. Right. What exactly. Is it like, like we talk, we've talked a lot about consciousness, mm. you know, and I don't know. I mean, it's consciousness. I mean, I can, I can dive into it, but I mean, just the reality of being conscious, what is consciousness? How does consciousness react is, is something that I don't think a lot of people understand or how or how to how to project because everyone views consciousness in a different way Mm. and you know scientifically we know consciousness is a thing but we don't know what it does like what makes us more conscious than a dog does a dog have a conscious does it understand because we believe that consciousness is based off that we can tell time like we can put days together you know days turn into weeks week turns into months months turn into years you know that's consciousness of time because time is parallel in our third dimension in the universe and i would say that um that you just and it's common people do it all the time people uh you just mixed up ego with with consciousness oh absolutely because time is a construct and and constructs come from ego well constructs come from ego but it also helps helps the ego to identify it Right. It gives it, it references a, the ego in time space. It it gives you a point in space. It does. Yeah. And so if this it, is my past, this is my present, this is my, my future. future. This was my experience. This was right. That's all ego yeah. placing coordinates in time space. But but the way you strip the way I believe you strip it is you go, but nothing matters except right now because you can't affect the past. The past that's is being. All, but the yeah, that's being because the past has already happened. Like 15 minutes ago was 15 minutes ago. You can't change that. Like, but, but you can remember 15 minutes ago. You can remember it. But you, you, you can have an emotion about 15 minutes ago. Exactly. But it's already done. Like it's, it it's done. But the future is not, the future hasn't happened. Right. Like, the, like we, like anything could happen. And like, obviously, you know, our minds are able to perceive like nothing, nothing should happen in the next five minutes, but the future is very unpredictable. Like you don't know yeah, what happens until it happens. Yeah. There could be a massive flash outside and boom, we're done, you know, or, um, a truck could drive by and you could hear it on the mic. Exactly. You know? Um, so I and, think that, that consciousness is what I was trying to describe earlier that I am that exists. That's, that is being in touch with our consciousness and, it's not a voice that comes from mind. It's a voice that comes from being. But what is being? Like, you have to ask yourself the question. Of, you just, you just, you literally just said it. Oh, just being in the present. Right. This present moment oh, is the shit. only moment. Yeah. Like, I can't, I can't change anything. And the minute your brain starts going, there it goes, there it goes, there it goes. Now you're back in ego because you're counting it. You're, 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 you're watching those exactly. coordinates in space time go by. But to be in this present moment is to just sit, kick your feet up. It, it's bigger than that. It's bigger than that. But because does it, But does it have to be bigger than that? It, does, it doesn't have, there, there is no have to to it. 
it's it's that um it's the it, it just is it just is bigger than that and it's also infinitely smaller than that it's it is all it is everything it is yeah right Every, it is it, it is this moment anything, and none other yeah. so so one thing that i've kind of come to understand is like everything comes from something and nothing comes from something i would say that everything comes from nothing everything com- okay yeah everything comes from nothing sorry like that's kind of the way i wanted to put it but well i i but just because that's the way i see it i'm interested to know well, I, I just mean like because you know we t- we I'm, a, I'm big in space like i got tattoos about space and all that other fun stuff but um i believe like you know we're everything's just a form source of energy mm-hmm. but what what makes the energy right right and that energy is technically the vacuum of space or right. the vacuum of whatever, but there's something in the vacuum. So nothing comes from something and something is nothing. Yeah, yes. I, to, so, to a point because nothing has to make something. Right. Or, or, or am I kind of like, no, 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 or am I no, just kind of shooting, shooting? That's off? a lot of words. There's a lot of words out there. I, I think, I think that, uh, y- yeah, you, your idea about this, you know, space and, and, uh, the vacuum, yeah, you're you're touching it. I I think here's one of the things. So your first statement was um, something comes from something, and nothing comes from something. That was your first statement. Yeah. And the reason why I I paused and said nothing comes from or some uh, something comes from nothing. The reason why I said that is because it's the it's the antithesis of your idea. So um, what informs the the material world? What informs the material world? Our eyes. Well, 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 I mean, I mean, from perspective or just it's a rhetorical from, question. It's a rhetorical question. I can never understand rhetorical questions. Rhetorical just means I'm throwing it out there. No, and I know, but every time you say, I feel like you want an answer. No, no, not not yet. We'll, you know, we'll play well, with it. Obviously, yeah, we'll play. We'll with play. It. I don't know that we'll answer it, but we'll play with it. Um. So, so what informs the material world? Okay. And um, and the material world is the world made up of, of of matter, right? It is the world made up of atoms and quarks, and and one of the things that that we often forget about the material world is that if we were to zoom into the material world, right? If we were to look at the atomic carbon um, atomic atoms that make up this table, what we would see is we would see more space than we see material, right? If we were to take um, if we were to take a hydrogen atom, and we would make the the nucleus the smallest part the middle part right mm-hmm. the nucleus the size of the dome inside the Sistine Chapel, okay that's how that's that's how big it is yeah and we were to blow uh, blow uh, go out from that center point out to um, the where the electron lies because hydrogen has one you know it's a it only has one electron yeah we were to go all the way out to where the electron is. It'd be out by Alpha Centauri. That's how big the space is inside your inside your atomic structure. And there's more space in you than there is material. Um, you know, literally, there, there's there's far more space in you than there is matter. So, what is informing what? We believe in in the material world that the material world shapes uh, the the space around it. In fact, that's actually Einstein's basic theory of relativity. It's the idea that um, a mass in space is creating a gravity well 
um, and uh, and it's it's distorting space time. Maybe yes and yes and yes and right. Like what role is the space playing? So is that dark matter? Is that dark energy? Is that like I don't know? Does that lead into you know other stuff? Because you know, is that just a different dimensional? space in between because we are third you know we are third dimensional beings living through the living through the fourth because the fourth dimension time doesn't necessarily always go forward time kind of jumps these are all ideas that we live in a um, you know so yes we live in a tumultuous time and we live in a time in which ideas are being discussed and spread around by everybody in incredible ways and um and so are we third dimensional creatures are we fourth dimensional creatures are we fifth dimensional creatures is time a dimension um you know all these things are our ideas what is consciousness how does consciousness play a role in 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 the in the you know in the existence of matter um what is it to be the observer and then know that you are being observed Right. What is it to be the observer and knowing that you can observe an observer behind the observer? And that's what, yeah, and that's what kind of makes us conscious. Like, you know. So does Danny, does the dog have, uh, have consciousness? I think to a certain extent, but it, but it's, but it's the dog's idea. Like, you don't know what it, like, here's the thing. We don't know what, what a dog sees. Like we know, we, we think we know what they see or like, you know, science says, oh yeah, this is how they see. But I mean, you don't know what goes on in a dog's head. Like, like well, you know, let me ask you this. Does like, consciousness resides and in, reside inside of the brain or outside the brain? I think that that's up to debate. I think consciousness is more internal than external to a certain extent because i think inter i i think i think it's i think it's evoked by external things but i think your pers- but like the way you think and the way you are is an internal body of consciousness i think i think consciousness is more internal than external but an external force is man- is not manipulating it but is evoking it so is your consciousness a completely closed system from other consciousness no because because consciousness technically should be a form of energy so consciousness do collide some consciousness bear well together some don't like you can kind of i guess like um personality takes i think personality is a big thing of consciousness too of how like what kind of personality you're like are you more con like like when i say you're more conscious are you do you have more consciousness than ego or can you understand that like you know the enneagram test is a big thing for me like i love the enneagram test and people for people who don't know it's Think of it as those, um, oh, what is it, like Virgos, Libras, whatever that's called. The but, Zodiac? Yeah, like it's it's like the Zodiac sign, but for your actual personality. So mm. it's one through eight. You have different personality tests. Uh, I'm a two-wing three. Um, I have a picture on my phone. Give me just a second. Um, and the Enneagram is very ancient. It's... Uh, you know, like it's it's a it's an old old concept that's been resurrected in the twentieth and twenty first centuries. Yeah, sorry, I don't have a picture of it on my phone, so I'm actually looking it up. No, no, just just talk about it. Don't remove the device from the conversation. Okay, it's killing the conversation. I was just trying to look it up. Yeah. Um, but a two is um, if I want to say two is the perfectionist 
And then the three is the achiever. Maybe. I, 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 I forget how it goes, but but I know I have but one of them is the perfectionist. Yeah, and I, I one of them is the, and one of them is the achiever. And and for me it's like I think people are people like um so my roommate's girlfriend who also does music it's very hard for me it's very hard to talk to her sometimes because i can't understand her body language because she's also the same personality as me she's a two wing three yeah like the exact same personality yeah so it's hard for you to sometimes interpret yeah like like there's a lot of times where like i'll make a joke and she thinks i'm serious or she'll make a joke and i think she's serious and we and we just have that disconnect where my roommate my roommate's a seven which is the um kind of the explorer that's that's those are the people who want to like explore everything and try everything out so root this back to consciousness yeah root this back to going back to consciousness so when i say that it's that the way you perceive it based off your personality and based of the way you think does affect your consciousness because you're not all not i don't think consciousness is one in the same thing i don't think it's i don't think consciousness is just a thing i think it's different in any way like like there are different trees there are different types of birds different types of dogs i think there's different types of consciousness and part of that has to do with your behavior and the way you perceive the world and your body language and um the way you are on your on the enneagram test i think that is a form of consciousness because that is your personality your personality should be a part of your consciousness if consciousness is internalized maybe well but, let but me we are, let me ask this. But we are creatures of habit so that when you die what happens to your consciousness i don't know hmm. how how do like i could think you know no one knows you know some people think there's heaven and hell some people think there's nothing i, I don't think there's necessarily nothing so I are think, you do you think consciousness and soul are the thing, same thing yeah okay yeah i think consciousness and soul are the same thing i, I just think I just think one's a, re- I think they're talking about the same thing. One's just a religious standpoint. One's a scientific standpoint. Hmm. Yeah. Because what's you- interesting about that idea is that consciousness being a scientific standpoint is extremely new. Oh, absolutely. It's extremely and, new. But like, you know, if, if you look at the way, like, but it's been an esoteric concept, yeah. which is why it's also rooted, rooted it's in very, religion. It's very, for religious. a very long time. Exactly. Because, they just didn't know how to talk. They didn't know, like, like you know, obviously, you know, we are conscious beings. We question things. We we question what things are. We question how things, how things are, what and is, to put it into standpoint. But um, I think, yeah, and, and I don't know that they didn't know how to talk about it. I think they just had their way of talking about it. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things that the the collective ego of this colonized society has a tendency to, to do is that it uh, it has a tendency to look at the past as less than or and the future um, is more is right and more is yeah exactly and so um, and and our present circumstances being better than and um, and the reality is is that there have been many many civilizations who um, you know who have uh, had different and maybe even more um, deeper sense of connection to these concepts than than we currently do we're just getting started we're just getting started we're just now, this we're has been a secular out. secular society despite no, the amount of religion that's in it this has been a secular society since you know six seven hundred years ago yeah um and um so 
after studying consciousness for a very long time and reading some very interesting books, including a small book called Consciousness, which is worth worth reading, and another one called Biocentrism, which is worth reading. And I've come to the conclusion that consciousness resides outside of the body. In other words, uh, looking for consciousness inside of the body is like looking for the radio announcer inside the radio. Um, so, um, and I think that that it is um, it is through the framework of the of the material, okay, right? So the the mind, the brain, the body, the muscles, the ego. The, by the way, the ego is attached to the so- to the hardware yeah. of the brain. Um, it animates into this personality, this right, this the enneagram, yeah. all these things. But the consciousness that resides in me is the exact same consciousness that resides in this dog laying next to us. The difference is the hardware is different, and she doesn't have ego. Ego is a very human process. It's a frontal lobe thing. It's it's a weird, it's a weird human thing. In fact, I think ego is the thing that separates us from the rest of nature um you know it's not that we can therefore i think therefore i am it is um it is uh um you know i'm human therefore i try and dominate i try and have dominion over i try and consume i try and yeah and when you get eight billion of us on a planet um it it gets to the point where it can it can then um begin to adjust the ecosystem of that planet so so consciousness is um and and why it's so vital for us to um connect to it is because consciousness is this universal mm-hmm. thing and um in fact i would even go so far that the consciousness that makes up that tree yeah which by the way is very different than this dog and very different than me is the same consciousness that animates my physical being and sure. so, um, and so, I I think that consciousness resides outside of us, and I think that it's probably a part of this invisible network of space, which has influence um, in shaping the material, mm-hmm. in which there is this massive amount of energy that we can measure. Um, in fact, there's more energy in a cubic. Uh, um, you know, a cubic centimeter of space. Yeah. If I were to take a cubic centimeter of space right here, mm-hmm. the potential energy in that is ten to the uh, ten to the ninety third. So ninety three zeros behind it. If I were to take all the material in the universe and stuff it in that same, um, uh, you know, one centimeter cube, mm-hmm. it would be ten to the fifty fifth, an order of magnitude of uh, of less than forty. From from the uh, from the amount of potential energy that exists in the universe, which means there's more energy in the space than there is in the material. Interesting. That's all attached to consciousness. Hmm. I don't know how, but that's what I believe. That's what I've come to think, and yeah. I've come to think that because of reading, reading, read, read. Your generation needs to read. Yeah, we do need to read. I, I love everything about your generation. I think you guys are clever and smart and and uh, and funny and interesting and and uh, and so full of of your vices at such an early age. And you all need to read. We do need to read. My girlfriend reads a lot. <laughs> yeah, she reads good. She reads like 
she's finished two books already Mm -hmm. in the time we've been dating. Yeah. And she's incredible to talk to, you know, like I, I, I enjoy when you two come over and we have conversations because, um, because you know, like I'll do what I just did and expound on this thing and, and be like, boom, there you go. Millennium, you know, millennial. And then she'll be like, mm, well, queen to bishop four. And we're like, whoa. Yeah, exactly. yeah I know. I know. She's, she'll just be like, we'll just pour this move out. And you're just like, oh, <laughs> right. So it's really, it's, it's fun to have conversations with her. I'm also terrified to have conversations with her because I just no idea what she's going to pull out. It's great. It's fan. Yeah, it's fantastic. I know everyone probably listen, the people who listen to this are gonna be like, oh, okay, that's interesting. But I think it's, it's. It's totally cool. Yeah, it's totally interesting. And you're, you know, and this is your generation. It really is your generation. You guys are interesting. We are different. You're no, you're interesting. You're interesting to talk to because you grew up with all this access to information and technology and the Oracle is in in your hand. You can literally ask the Oracle anything you want, you know, Um, and uh and so you have all these ideas and, and, um, and ideas are the most interesting thing to talk to. Eleanor Roosevelt was uh, quoted as saying, um, oh boy, I'm going to screw it up. Um, simple people talk about other people. Um, in, uh, complex or, um, uh, I don't know. Normal people talk about simple people talk about other people normal. And that's not the right word. Normal people talk about um, events and interesting people talk about ideas. Yeah, we do have a lot of ideas. You do. You do. You know, and you guys also talk about other people and, and, uh, and events all... too, but you're also young. That's just kind of the way we work. That's the way all humans work. Exactly. I just. But we need to be talking about more ideas. And the best way to talk about those ideas is to read. And the reason why is because then they're not just ideas flapping in the wind that when you open your mouth, it's like a flag, right. you know, right? Like right. It's, it's, it's grounded. Yeah. It's grounded in some sort of reality and research. Right. It's not just, oh, this could be an idea and it turns out it's not an idea. Yeah. And just because you've watched the YouTube video six times and you can spout off some interesting facts about, you know, what the narrator said about time space. Exactly. It doesn't mean you know anything about it. Go find a book. Right. You know, go, go read Hawking's book. Go read. I do have that biocentric book that you gave me. It's a good book. I read the first page. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, nobody said reading was easy. No. And actually, that's the cool thing about reading. Reading gets easier. Hmm. It, it gets easier. You just have to practice. Right. It's a muscle in your brain. You know, like, I mean, or at least an analogy of a muscle in your brain. You practice and it, it gets better, hmm. you know, but if you don't, it doesn't. So, yeah. Yeah. Long. Shall we wrap it up? I mean, we can keep going for, for a little bit longer if you want. I'm not, it's not too early. What time is it? Well, do you have anything in particular you want to talk about? Anything in particular you want to talk about? I just like spitting. I like just spitting from the hip sometimes. That just seems yeah. that just seems to be the easiest for us. Not uh, having to write out anything or do anything like that. Just That's the way this podcast is. Yeah, just spitting from the hip. Yeah. Just talk. Because conversation's interesting. Yeah. 
especially yeah. with the right people. I think, I think having conversation, I think that's a, another big thing that I've kind of come to degree with. It's like having, you need to have conversations with the right people, not, not with just people. Well, what are the right people? Well, whatever, whatever you want to learn about, you know, like for me, like talking to record labels, like that's, that's the right people to me. Mm-hmm. What, you know, you're a writer, so you're probably publishers and, you know, different um, news articles and stuff like that about what you and um, and Jerry, you know, do with your guys' line of work. So it's, but the right people can just be, you know, also intelligent people, professors. Um, or, or just people who have, uh, who like ideas. Yeah. Yeah, just know. people who just like different ideas and are open to that to that state of mind. It's not that I'm right, you're wrong. It's that, well, here's an idea, so let's explore it. There is no right or wrong to an idea. And I I have a tendency to really enjoy conversations with people who like ideas. It's when they fall into regurgitating somebody else's ideas that they've chosen to believe in, but have, uh, because it it advances some sort of moral... um, point in their lives whether that be politics or religion or and they haven't done any self exploration in those things like what does this really mean what is really going on here right um i'm not interested in talking to them Uh, because it's just a it's just going to descend into at some point you're going to find something that that trips on their moral rock um that's sticking out of the sand and it's going to become an argument yeah. And it's like, I'm not interested. No, yeah. I don't have, I don't talk to people like that. I, it's, with my generation, it's kind of easy to figure out. It's just seen to find the people who regurgitate everything. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of it. Yeah. But, yeah. I do got to use the restroom real quick, though, so we can. Why don't we wrap it up? Want to wrap it up? Yeah. Yeah. All right, this was a good first podcast. Yeah. This was good. With my number one and number one nephew. I am your only. Yeah, but I am your only nephew. I know, but but you know, again, it's it's good that I like you because then yeah. then you wouldn't be you'd just be my nephew. Yeah, pretty much. Right. Yeah, but I mean I I know you like me, so I'm, I I know I'm your only nephew. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this uh this uh edition of the Plowline podcast. You can check us out in a couple of different spots. So go to plowline.com. And you will see both the podcasts on there, uh, the Mixed Plate podcast and this one, the Plowline podcast, as well as the writing ventures in which Jerry and I are both currently working on. Um, audiobooks will be on there eventually, and, and we're hoping to kind of turn that into a, a media production site. Also, you can check out our Patreon page. If you want to be involved in supporting these kind of conversations and what we do here and the work that Jerry and I do over at co3.net that's www.co3consulting.net um if you want to be involved in that uh, then go to our patreon page which is patreon.com backslash mixed plate podcast again it's patreon.com backslash mixed plate podcast we are trying to, you know, produce some interesting content that hopefully is engaging and causes each and every one of you to think. And we'd love your feedback. We'd love to hear what you think. So like and subscribe in the areas in which you see these podcasts posted. And if you would, please leave a um, rate this podcast on the platform in which you're listening to. It helps us with the algorithm. And it's a 
big, big part in supporting this podcast. Thanks again, everybody. We really appreciate it. And I am sure that Hunter and I will have future conversations. We will. All right. Talk to you all later.